Welcome to What Do Parents Know with me, Amit Kelly. We're talking today about mindful eating and, 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 and you know the issues around that topic and, and what teenagers can do to be a bit more aware of the, the way that they're eating and how parents can support that. I'm delighted um, today to be joined by Nav Birdie. Now, Nav is a clinical dietitian and nutritionist. She's also the founder of Nutrition by Nav, a practice that helps clients reach their nutrition, nutritional and lifestyle goals through mindful eating practice. So Nav, thank you very much for joining me. Hi, Ahmed. Thank you so much for having me. I'm actually really excited to be part of this platform. Um, excited to share my knowledge, and I hope lots of parents can benefit from this today. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks very much. I'm sure they will. And, and I mentioned that actually you're somebody that uh, uh, helps people reach their goals through something called mindful eating practice. What does that mean? What is mindful eating? Um, well, basically, mindful eating is just being more aware of your situation, being more conscious about your food choices. So it's not actually a certain type of diet. What I do is I help my clients reach their goal by being more aware of what, um, you know, what foods to eat, why they should eat, when they should eat. And then it just basically instills into their lifestyle and into their habit rather than just following a meal plan or a diet for like a month and then going back to usual habits. So mindful eating actually helps you to create that, um, that lifestyle change so that it lasts, it's more sustainable. Yeah, yeah, no, of course it did. And I guess, so, so when you talk about mindful, so I'm thinking about mindfulness as a, as a kind of practice and this is, you know, is it related to that same kind of thing? It's about being much more in tune with, what you're doing and, and why you're doing it. So when it comes to food, I guess it's being much more in tune with what you're eating and, and ultimately why you're eating it. Exactly. So it's basically paying attention to uh, to the food that you eat and the relationship that you have with food. Because as humans, we do need food in any situation. So whether, and it's throughout life from the time we're born until, until you know, the end. So Mindful eating just helps you to be more aware of the situation. For example, parents who are at work, if they need, uh, if they're, if they have like meetings or, you know, like if they have an agenda to meet, you'll still eat, but it's the timing that, that that's different. Or for example, even like the food choices, you just pick quick on, on the go, on the go kind of foods. Whereas um, if you're like in a more calm environment, like on holiday, you would, you choose your favorite foods, you know, um, at home, you're, you, you have like uh, similar prepared meals. Yeah. So it's just using your mind to decide what to eat. Now that does, I mean, that, that, that's quite important, isn't it? The, the holiday versus being in a rush, I guess. I'm just thinking about me personally. If I was in a rush, I might just have a quick sandwich or something or, or, or end up and pick up from a shop or dare I say it, some fast food. But if I'm on holiday, I would, I would indulge in an entire entire meal especially if it's an all-inclusive holiday so I, I hear that how is this then related to teenagers you know are you finding in your work and, and, and some of the clients that you have that actually teenagers perhaps are not in tune are, are not mindfully eating are actually eating badly um yes definitely actually this is the phase of life which Let's go back a few years when we were both teenagers as well. Um, this is the phase where we are trying to be the adults and we're trying to make the decisions because up until now, our parents decided what we would put on our plate. So um, for parents, you know, from the time we're like babies are born, they're fed and the decision is made by the parents. 
But whereas for teenagers, this is where they want to like start exploring or they're already used to eating some certain foods. So this is the time which is quite critical for them to make that decision on their own. And this is where the parents' guidance is much more needed because um, teenagers or children usually pick up on habits from the parents. So, you know, they look at what, uh, what the parents are eating and then that's like, you know, what they would decide to eat as well. So, yeah, definitely it is a critical point in life where mindful eating is most needed because, again, as teens, emotions come in the way. Hormonal imbalances are, this is the beginning of the hormonal imbalances for both. Puberty starts. So, yes, there's a lot of uh, other factors like stressful factors that can uh, come in the way of you deciding what to eat. Yeah, and I guess that's the really crucial part, because when we hit those teenage years, sometimes even before we've hit those teenage years, I guess things like puberty and, and the hormones do, do get involved. And some of us, I guess, you could argue have a what might be seen as a good relationship with food, and some of us might have perhaps a bad relationship with food. What, would, you know, what have you seen in your time uh, in your practice as, as, as young people having bad relationships with food? What does that mean? Is it overeating? Is it undereating? Is it eating the wrong food group? Or, or is it all of those things? Well, it could be a combination of so many factors, really, because there is no technically good or bad. We, as humans, we should be eating as and when our body requires the food, you know. So there is no specific schedule or routine or specific foods that um, be it teens or adults or even children need. But it's just creating that balance so that you get all the nutrients in the right amount. And that is what we ultimately do require because that's what you need in order to fuel and to keep going. So yes, there are some foods that may benefit the body, that may benefit a situation. And there are some foods that may not benefit. So I usually steer clear from the words good, bad, ugly, or, you know, those kind of um, uh, words, because uh, technically we can eat everything. Um, with mindful eating or with the way I work, I usually don't restrict my clients from any foods unless they're medically restricted. So if there is a medical issue, then that's an underlying problem. And that's why we would have to restrict some foods. But other than that, go ahead and eat whatever you like, as long as it's in moderation and, you know, you're creating that nutritional balance. Yeah. And I guess one of those restrictions, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, the first one that comes to my mind would be uh, diabetes, for example. That would be a, a restriction, wouldn't it? You know, there are many people who are diabetic um, and it's seen as, you know, I guess it is a life altering condition, but lots of people manage it by by the, the, the food they eat, don't they? Yes, exactly. Um, so even with diabetes, there is no specific diet for diabetes. But again, it's just the management of how much you're eating, what type of food you're eating, the quality of the food. Um, how the frequency of your meals, you know, how often do you eat and those kind of things. I guess one thing that parents perhaps might be stressed about is, um, for example, you know, they're in control of what the child eats for breakfast. They're in control of what the child eats for dinner. And uh, they're not in control of what the child eats during the day at school. So, you know, school dinners, for example, there are big drives in this country, I guess, to make school dinners more healthy. But there's always debates about whether our school dinners are of any a good quality or not but you know let's say I'm just thinking back to when I was going to school and when I was a bit younger than a teenager and you know getting packed lunches and I probably had things in my packed lunch that we wouldn't really give to kids anymore today you know unhealthy foods 
you know, from an Indian point of view, perhaps foods that were heavily, heavily sort of buttered. Uh, and then I had sweets, I had chocolates and all those kinds of things. You think, well, actually, you know, maybe my mum and, you know, other people didn't have the knowledge then that we're trying to impart on people now. But, you know, what should, if we're thinking about a typical packed lunch, you know, what would a, what would a good packed lunch look like? I know I'm using that word good and you said we shouldn't do, but perhaps a, a mindful packed lunch. What would a mindful packed lunch look like? Well, um, it would basically be a balanced plate or a balanced uh, meal. So obviously think about the food groups uh, or if you don't know, educate yourself. What are the food groups and educate yourself plus your children? So for one, I would say be a good role model or set an example so that they can also look at what you're eating and eat the same foods. So whatever you're going to pack for your lunch, pack the same for your child because they don't really technically don't need to eat something so different. So um, the food groups would be one carbohydrate, one protein, plenty of non-starchy vegetables. So in the case of a sandwich, for example, you can do like a wholemeal bread with cheese or if you eat meat, you can have like a turkey sandwich or a chicken sandwich, you know, or an egg sandwich. If you're vegetarian, you can do like a something like a bean patty or anything or with cheese and then have lots of vegetables in it um other options could be you know choose any other foods that are within the food groups like a pasta salad or um rice a rice dish you know something that again with mindful eating you also try to eat the foods that you enjoy so you don't feel like oh god what have i been given today so yeah create that um excitement through natural natural color from the food, um, eat a rainbow, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Isn't there a big problem there, I guess? I'm just thinking about, you know, some of the things that you've mentioned. Would I, would I, would I as a teenager, want to have uh, a sandwich that is full of vegetables and, and, you know, wholemeal bread? Or would I prefer to have uh, a burger that, uh, I'm just thinking about, you know, a typical teenager, even me as an adult, perhaps, you know, when, I, when I'm going back to your holiday analogy, you go on holiday and you eat everything you know you shouldn't eat. You eat all the desserts that are on offer. You eat, you eat all the kind of fatty foods that are on offer and, and you go for seconds. You know, how do we make food uh, exciting for young people? And how do, we, how do we make it so that they feel they, they know they should be eating these foods, even if they don't necessarily taste as good as what they really like would taste? Well, that's a really good question. And what I would say is, number one, be that good role model. So try to eat the same foods like I had mentioned. But secondly, um, because initially I'd said that, you know, at this point, teens want to own it or they want to like, you know, be uh, be able to make that um, decision. So put the ball in their court, make them decide educate them at the same time and maybe have them involved as part of the meal planning process. Because then obviously like try to remember the last time you made something, I'm sure you definitely enjoyed that meal because you put that effort right um, into cooking it or into preparing it. So when as kids as well, when they do make their own foods or their own meals, they'll definitely enjoy it. So that's one tip to, you know, have them um, included or involved Secondly, make the more healthier versions of foods more available than the less healthy version. For example, don't bring like crisps and like, you know, all these junk foods and then also bring the healthy foods because obviously when there's a choice, they will choose the other option. So try to make the more healthier versions more available 
and kind of restrict the, the unhealthy options so that they, they don't really have much of a choice. Uh, again, this is not like very restrictive, but it's more creating that, you know, lifestyle habit so that they also realize that, okay, why am I eating this? And that's where education comes. So maybe, you know, as a family on the table, discuss why are we eating this meal? I know that's not a usual topic, topic of discussion, but um, if we start that at a very younger uh, stage, then it's, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't do any harm for you to, you know, understand why am I eating this meal? Um, so yeah, that's what mindful eating is all about. Fantastic. I mean, without going down the route of kind of eating disorders, that's been covered in other episodes. Um, there is a link, isn't there, between um, food and emotions. And you talked about some of those earlier on about, you know, when teenagers hit those kind of crucial years. What about the other end of the spectrum? What about the problem around things like obesity? You know, we do have now a growing, perhaps, I don't know if crisis is, is a bit too strong a word to use, but we do have a growing issue, don't we, with with young people, teenagers that are you know, overweight, um, some obese, some maybe morbidly obese. And, and there are obviously links to, sadly, to, to bullying and things like that in school because it's an easy target. People who are a bit overweight are an easy target, sadly. And thank God there are lots of people doing uh, a lot of positive things around, you know, making being overweight sort of a bit more normalized. But I guess there is that element, isn't there? Is should we be saying that being overweight is okay? Or actually, is there a, is there a, is there a problem here? And why do people often, why do teenagers often find comfort in food? Well, um, yes, there is a lot of childhood obesity that is stemming um, all across uh, all across the globe, actually. Even here, we do have a lot of those cases. And so sometimes, and it's a very critical, uh, you know, or a very um, sensitive topic because kids do experience bullying at home and at school. So, you know, where can they look to for comfort? And ultimately they look to food because that becomes the coping mechanism and it creates that comfort or, you know, that, that sense of feeling that, okay, maybe I feel a little better after eating this, even though I know I don't have to. And that's the thing. Um, the more you are told, no, 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 the more your mind or your brain is going to say, I want that, that, that. So um, so that's why we, in the case of childhood obesity or, um, or even being overweight, you know, with food, uh, yeah. So in the case of uh, obesity or overweight, yes, um, Children do look at food as a coping mechanism for stress because, uh, you know, the external factors do also contribute to what you're going to put on your plate. And this is in, in my practice, I call it the environmental stress. And um, so when they don't have that comfort from the love or, you know, like from other people, then they turn to the food as, you know, like, that. And then what about the emotional eating part, I guess? You know, what, what's, what is that link between the emotional side of things and why we take great comfort in, in, in food? Okay, so emotional eating is basically when we, we turn to food as a way to deal with our feelings instead of, in, in, instead of a way to deal with our hunger. 
So for example, there's different emotions involved, like in happiness, um, like on birthdays or weddings or, you know, like gatherings, family gatherings, or even going out with friends, you would eat your favorite meals. You know, you like, you look forward, like on your birthday, you'll get cake and that kind of stuff. Whereas in the case of um, stress, like the, the, the stress of frustration, anger, or, you know, other emotions involved, um, everybody is different. Uh, same, even with teens, they're all different. So they can result, they, like they can either binge eat, like, you know, it can turn into a binge eating episode, but not necessarily as a disorder. It could, you know, even you and I could result into binge eating. Or they could also get like sudden cravings. So you'd see like your child is just picking up on like lots of chocolates here and there and, you know, probably eating it too often than too much, too often than usual. Um, or they could also go days without eating. So what I would say is that like emotions do play a role in the decision to eat food or, you know, how much you're going to eat or when you're going to eat. So try to pick up on how how does your child or your teen actually um, like choose their meals or what time are they eating? Are they eating separately from you? Or are you eating together as a family or um, you know, like um, it's difficult for them, for you to tell whether they're physically hungry or emotionally hungry, unless you've had a conversation with them, but some things like, you know, maybe eating with emotion, like with anger, you know, you, you see that your child is very angry and then they're like stuffing their mouth or they're angry, but they've just kept quiet and they don't appear at the dinner table um, over dinner or at lunchtime. So those are, those are kind of some signs to pick up on that, that they're a bit emotional yeah. um, or something like, you know, they're going out for meals more regularly um, and they don't want to eat at home. So those are other signs that you can pick up on. Maybe having takeouts uh, and things like that or, or junk food. Yeah, and those kinds of things. exactly. Yeah. I guess that leads me on to the next question, really, which is if, if you are a parent that is seeing all of these signs in their teenager, you're seeing that your child is overeating, you're seeing the physical impact of that, which is putting on weight, which then it may have more emotional issues. What can parents do? You know, because you hear those classic stories, don't you, where when a child is overeating, parents lock the fridge. Now, I don't know whether that is something that dietitians would still advise in this day and age. But, you know, what are some of the things that parents can do to to, to support their children where there might be issues of emotional or overeating or indeed undereating? Uh, well, that's a really good question as well. And um, what I would say is maybe ask yourself a few questions, like try to like step back and have a thought about it and try to assess the situation and see what exactly is going on. So try to ask yourself, like, um, does my teen look a bit anxious, sad or stressed? Or is there something going on at school or at home? Try to see how they eat at home and also in a different situation outside of the, like, you know, the, the house um, atmosphere. Are they eating better? Are they eating with happiness when they're out at a restaurant or, you know, those kind of things? Or are they eating more than usual? You know, are they like meant to be studying? Like this is one classic. Um, obviously, my brother used to do this a lot. Uh, <laughs> when it was time to study or trying time to revise or anything, you would see him in the kitchen all the time, like every five minutes, you know. So what's going on? Like why? Is he trying to like avoid something or, you know, that's one other 
thing um, because technically physical hunger would not come every 20 minutes. It would have to come after like two to three hours. So but what would the parent no, do in a situation like that? Then you've got this, you've got this overeating that's taking place. You know, how would a, how should a parent respond? So communication, I think is what you're saying is absolutely key. And yeah. I agree with you. Uh, observations are really key as well, but you know, if those observations have been made, yes, I can see my child is overeating. I've communicated with my child. He or she says, yes, I'm taking great comfort in food. You know, what 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 does a parent do then? Um, well, once you've had the communication, once you've established what exactly is the cause, then try to address the issue together. You know, like try to, um, firstly, if you feel like they're overdoing some certain foods, then don't make it that much more available. It's more access for teens because at this point, they're really relying on what's already in the store or in the pantry. So don't make those kind of foods more available. Make the healthier options more available so that if they do need to pick up on pick on foods, they're picking on the right things, you know. Um, if you're concerned about their weight, then um, obviously low-calorie foods or low-calorie snacks would be the go-to options. Um, but yeah, when it comes to emotional eating, it's something that's very hard to control. And for teens, because they go through different emotions in one day, we can't necessarily control that. So we just have to understand what exactly is going on and treat the underlying problem is what I would really say. So whatever it may be, maybe it's stress from exams, maybe it's stress from school, it's stress with some friends or it's stress with, you know, at home, try to create a better environment so they feel more comfortable to talk to you as a parent so that they don't go looking for food as comfort. Um, and that is a, it's a very long step. It's a big step, but uh, it's one that is doable and manageable. So yeah, it just requires more effort. Does absolutely, and of course, in the UK we do have uh, Obesity UK, we have Hoop, and we have the RSP uh, H that does support uh, people with obesity, especially uh, you know young people with obesity. Nav, I really appreciate your sort of uh, expertise there from a from a dietitian's point of view. It's really interesting because we've we've heard from uh, psychological point of views, but I guess you know the more practical side of things is is you know. I guess what you're saying is communication is key and, 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 you know, parents and teenagers should be part of that food journey together um, in order to create a home where food is uh, obviously an important part of the home, but at the same time, a, a balanced part of the home and, and support is needed through that element of communication. So Nav, uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That was really fun. <laughs>